Jazzcast Pros. Hello and welcome back to High Vibe Table Talks. This is your host, Marshawn Hargrave, with Allie and Cassie. And in this episode, you are going to take away why pivots are essential to your business, which always feels scary. Am I holding on to this idea because of my pride and my my ego, my need to succeed and in my brain, my definition of success? If having a business partner should be the same as you or the opposite of you and how that works between Allie and Cassie. I really like that we have characteristics of each other, but we're different. And both of us, I think, can usually pinpoint like that's that's the two talking or like that's the three talking. And And what they consider to be the Bible of a business. So if you want to learn more about that and hear more from our conversation with Allie and Cassie, then keep on listening. If you're a woman contemplating your next move, you found the perfect podcast to empower your self-growth journey. Welcome to High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, remove mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your high vibe desires. Awesome. I'm Allie Haney. I own a personal brand, Allie Ray Haney, where I specialize in branding photography and brand development. That's a fancy way of saying I go through and I make sure your brand is consistent and cohesive across all client touch points, both online and digital, to make sure that you are showing up consistently across the board. I'm Cassie O'Driscoll. My brand is Cassie Lane. I am a photographer and I'm a fractional VP of operations. So outside of photography, um, which is centered around branding and weddings, I do a lot of virtual assistant work. As the fractional VP of operations, I come in and take all of the tasks off your plate that don't allow you to do the thing that you actually love to do in your business um, so that you can get back to being a creator or, you know, whatever's driving you to be a small business owner in the first place. That's great. And one of my previous episodes, it talks about like being in your zone of genius and a lot of people's zone of genius is not branding or workflows. And so working with people like you allows people like me as creatives to be like, I have all these things I want to talk about. I have all these ways I want to show up. I have all these things I want to do. Can you help me? focus them. Yeah. It really does allow you to just have the bandwidth to get back to, you know, we, so many people get bogged down in the, the boring part of being a business owner. So just allowing them to get back to the thing that they love, I have seen allows them to also have a more fruitful business. And I think we, we bring a unique perspective too, just because of our background in photography, we have that, that creative side of us too. So it's really, we love working with creative small business owners because we can kind of bring that you know, left side of the brain, meeting the right side of the brain and know what they need before they even know what they need. So one of your through lines has been mastering the pivot. And I know working with small business owners myself, a lot of them look at pivots as failures. How would you two describe pivots when someone comes upon them, whether it's in business, in life, in in general? I'm going to take this one, Cassie. Sorry if I just like steal the floor, (laughs) but I know that I'm probably the one that has the most recent pivot and I, oh my goodness, I am the type A goal setter that if I do not hit that goal, if I do not finish that to-do list, it absolutely feels like a failure. And I really had to reframe that experience. Otherwise I was just going to be like a deep, dark entrepreneurial hole. But what I ended up doing was reframing it after listening to a Jenna Kutcher podcast episode where she mentioned nothing is a failure, but instead look at it as I did an experiment in my business and it either worked or it didn't. And that 
that was huge for me to take that, that pressure off of myself. And to give an example, this is another sort of like branch of my entrepreneurial self, which I feel like, you know, every entrepreneur has a million ideas, but one of the ones that I did track down and pursue was starting a wedding venue. That was back in the summer of 2021. My husband and I took a chance and we purchased this beautiful property in central Kentucky to to try and go full force, full steam ahead with that wedding venue. And while we thought we had all of our T's crossed and I's dotted, we ran into some very, very major issues to the point where I absolutely knew that I was not going to be able to deliver the client experience that we wanted to. And there was a very vivid moment that I remember like sitting on our couch and looking at him and being like, I don't think this is going to happen. I knew then that we had to figure out a way, like what was the next step? And it ended up being um, that we converted that beautiful property into a short-term rental in order to kind of bridge that gap of between like what we thought the wedding venue was going to be and now like trying to pull ourselves out of that situation. And it ended up being a huge lesson in that you know, take the chance because if you don't take the chance, you're never going to know what's on the other side of it, but also be able to like make the best of the chance if it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah. And for me, I'm definitely a little bit more of a ride the wave type of girl. Like I, if something's not feeling right, if I'm especially attached to it, it takes a little bit longer, but most of the time it's like, okay, this isn't, it's pretty evident pretty quickly that this isn't working. Why isn't it working? What's what do I love about it? What don't I love about it? And how can I pivot and transition into a more streamlined process for myself so that like everything works that I need to work in my life? So probably my best example is as we all experienced in 2020, but especially as a wedding photographer and a style shoot coordinator, which is a, it's a photo shoot that's like a fake wedding for people to build their portfolios. I was hosting all those. So everything that I was doing was centered around a lot of people together. And I was like, well, that's not happening anytime soon. So I tried some things. I did like a subscription box. I tried all these different things on how I could interact, but it really boiled down to just, I love the actual interaction of people. So I needed to just pause and get back to how I was going to be able to help the most people with as much direct contact as possible. So that led me out of a mailing situation, which I never should have put myself in. I hate like personally going to the post office. So why did I ever think a subscription box was good for me? And then that led me into more of like a VA situation, which I had already been doing for like so many friends, so many family members that would come to me with big ideas. I was like, there might be something here. And so I just kind of rode that wave through trial and error and until I landed where it felt the best for me. Mm -hmm. I think so much of entrepreneurship is diving in and seeing what parts of this do I like? What parts do I not like? And there are so many ways to make money. There's so many ways to create a business and finding ways that feel organic and, and really authentic and connected to you and what you enjoy is really important. I think one of the biggest challenges that I saw with a pivot, A, other than like setting my pride aside because I wanted it to happen so badly, was that I was so scared of what everyone else was going to think. Like she took this huge chance and she thinks that she got it all figured out, right? And I was like, what are they going to say when I say we're not doing it? And you want to know what everybody said? Nothing. (laughs) No one said anything. So I think we think a lot more people are watching us than actually are. 
and you you end up knowing, you know, who your I don't want to say who your true friends are, but who who really does care about your success when those pivots that we see as failures happen. And I think success can be measured in like so many different ways because as Ali's friend and also like a, a business ally that we have in each other, it wasn't just like the success of this wedding venue or not. It was like the success of her family and her mental health and, you know, things that were being impacted by this huge chance that she took with very, very unforeseen things that came in the way of that. So I think the measure of success doesn't always have to be the check marks that you've done on your to-do list. It's more about like how it's impacting your whole life. Yeah. It's fascinating the stories that our brains will tell ourselves of like, what's everyone else going to think? And really like, no one really cares, you know, like (laughs) we put a lot more pressure on what other people think of us. I think a lot of our decisions are made around ego, whether it's fear or like you said, perception of others or our ego is going to be bruised. How have you in pivots been able to decouple your ego from the decision-making process? Mine, I I vividly remember in that same conversation of when I told my husband, this is not going to work. I said, am I holding on to this idea because of my pride and my, my ego, my need to succeed and in my brain, my definition of success, like what's keeping me here. And really I had to sit down and basically make a pro con list. And I revert back to the data and the numbers when my feelings are, you know, all over the board. So I sat down and I was like, okay, this is what could happen based off of the, you know, restrictions that the county gave us. This is the client experience that we wanted to deliver. Is this client experience that we wanted to deliver possible under these conditions? And I kept trying to make those two puzzle pieces fit when they they didn't fit. It, it didn't work. And when I finally just sat down and saw it on paper, it was much easier to look at it from an objective point of view and take that feeling out of it. But because so often as creative business owners, we're so attached, like emotionally attached, our businesses feel like an extension of us. They feel like our babies. And to be able to to say like, no, I'm cutting this off. It feels like you're like losing a part of yourself. But when you really realize that the numbers are not going to work, that even if you pursue this dream, that it's not going to look like what you intended it to look like, then I think it's a little bit easier to just deal with it, I guess. Whether it's Allie or one of my clients, so often I'm delivering the same message of, is this your ego or is this really what you should be doing? That it has allowed me to have the self-awareness a little bit to be like, and, and I will, I think I've probably said it to Allie a few times and a couple other people have just, you know, yeah, I'm holding on to this. And I know that it's probably crazy, but like, give me a minute. And it's okay to like, take that beat too. Like if you need to, if you want to give it like one more go, if you want to like, but as long as you're like having that conversation with yourself, the same conversation that you would have with your best friend about a bad decision that they were making, like, as long as you're willing to go there with yourself, I think that, you know, Ego has its place in in a confidence standpoint, and you can feel very confident that something's going to go well, but as long as you're willing to revisit it when it doesn't and say like, okay, this is what I need to change or I need to let it go, I, I think it's okay. I think there is space for that in in small business ownership. You have to be a little bit crazy, <laughs> like a little bit like overzealous sometimes, right? So I do think as long as you're just willing to have that conversation with yourself and not just with other people... I think that's healthy. And to be clear, that decision to like pivot away from the wedding venue did not 
happen overnight. That was not one one conversation and it was done. We purchased the property in July of 2021 and it was not until April, May of 2022. So almost a year. My pride was like up in my face, you know, not letting me see through it. The people around you knew probably like November time. Frame. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just riding it out with you. We were riding that way. They, sure. they were like, she needs this. <laughs> <laughs> we let her take her beat and she came around. It was great. <laughs> Cassie, back to what you were saying around like, what would you say to your best friend going through this? It's so much easier to say to other people versus ourselves, but even around the ego of like, wow, you're such a failure. I can't believe you would do this. How, like, how could you ever think that? you could make that work. And these are the other conversations that are happening. And it's like, I would never say that to my best friend if she was struggling. Why do I think it's okay to say that to myself? Again, like just having Allie, like as a daily texter to each other, like when we're having those minutes and just, I mean, I think this morning we had a text exchange of like, Hey, how are you feeling about X, Y, Z? And I'm like, I'm feeling great about it. She's like, okay, good. I'm going to ride that wave with you for a second. And then we'll like revisit it. And I I do the same thing to her. Like if, if we are like in a struggle moment, like with whatever's happening and we're feeling like just beating ourselves up, having somebody and having the opportunity to gain some perspective from the outside is, is also really good. So I think as, you know, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, whatever you want to call it, it's very often isolating. So just making sure that you have a a crew around you that'll kind of pull you out of it when you need or give you the minute when you need it, you know, whatever it is, that's just as important as anything else. Oh yeah. That, that echo chamber of being a solopreneur can get really loud really quickly. On your website, I saw one of you is Enneagram three and one of you is an Enneagram two, and you both have wings to the other one. So Do you think it was important as business partners and collaborators to have different numbers? How has that shown up as you have both worked together? So I'm the Enneagram two wing three, Allie's the three wing two. Um, And I take, (laughs) I am like, Enneagram is the Bible (laughs) around here. So whenever I start working with clients and things like that, I always go in, they on their, like the official website, you can go in and see like, pain points of how people work together. Um, So you can say like, if you're a two, you might do this really successfully with a three, but you might find that you do this, like you struggle with this, this might be frustrating, whatever. So I really like that we have characteristics of each other, but we're different. And both of us, I think can usually pinpoint like that's, that's the two talking or like, that's the three talking. And for example, like I am like a list or like a to-do list person. I like it, it's not like my, it's not my end all be all. It is Allie's end all be all. So like, I respect the reality of like a to-do list. And I know that like, sometimes I can, you know, I can see if she's just like needing to get stuff done to like, feel like she has accomplished something for her day. Or I can feel like when she's like chill (laughs) and that it's just always nice because she can like bring a to-do list to me. And I'm like, okay, how much do we need to get this done to like get us where we need to be? Cause I can, as a two and like the helper, like that's what I love to do. Like how can I help her get her stuff done and things like that? 
And obviously, of course, I'm the three. (laughs) Very goal-oriented. Like I've already dropped the word success multiple times. Like that's almost always like achieving is almost always on my mind. And Cassie has to tell me to chill sometimes. And I appreciate that because it's hard for me to pull myself back because I don't realize how deep I get. We work really beautifully together. And I think I sometimes have to like lean into my two a little bit more than I would naturally tend to so that I can make sure that I'm not a great way to put it. Yeah. That's really like lean into my three. And it's like good for both of us to have that balance where we're both like that. We do have characteristics of it, but it's not our main focus. And yeah. Yeah, And I have to be like, okay, slow down and take care of everyone around you because everyone around you is more important than that one Pinterest graphic that you have to design. So, (laughs) but we were recently talking and an example of what I mean by her to-do list is she doesn't feel like she's accomplished anything. And then she lists like 65 things that she checked off. And I'm like, yeah, like, I think you could probably go for a walk or something. Like I think (laughs) on the other side of that, she'll come to me and she'll be like, so you said you were going to do these like 35 things two weeks ago. You haven't checked them off yet. Like, I'm going to need you to do that. Like, thank you for the reminder. Like, I love that. I need that check-in. I need that person in my life. So that's great. That is true that I will like have this giant, like, overwhelming to-do list and I'll get, you know, six or seven things checked off in a day and I'll have a conversation with Cassie, with my husband and just be like, I got nothing done today. And they'll make me stop and list the things that I got done. And I have to realize that maybe the castle didn't get built today, but I did lay six bricks on that castle. So it's like slowing down and realizing that there's beauty and celebrating the small wins. As Cassie said it from one of the other podcasts that she listens to by Elise Myers, she has this quote that says, just hit a single, just hit a single, just get to the next spot. And so many times we'll text each other and be like, okay, I just hit a single. Oh, I'm also an Enneagram three. So I totally- Are you a wing two or wing four? I don't know. The four, the four is the creative one. So I'm, my guess would be that you're three wing four based off of the questions that you sent us. (laughs) (laughs) And there's Allie, the brand developer. Like she's like, I'm on it. Like I know all the things. I love that so much. I always say that like, if I were to add to my team, I would need an Enneagram one because I'm very big ideas, heads in the clouds. I need someone to like help me cross the finish line, like dot the I's and cross the T's. And I feel like that's very Enneagram one of like all the minute details is where I, I tend to fumble. I would say one or five. You need a one or a five. My best friend, Claire, she's a five and she is like my person. She's, I would like nearly call her a business partner because she's the one that I'm like, Hey, this. And she's like, I've already like before the sentence is even complete. She's like researched everything. She's like ready. (laughs) She's like, let's do it. It's crazy to have like surrounding yourself pe- with people that know like where you end and where they pick up is absolutely invaluable. Cassie, I have seen you described as a workflow warrior and you sell CRM workflows. In an earlier episode, I talk about how in sales, your CRM is your Bible. And I know, Allie, you talked about like, know the numbers. That's where you're going to pull from. So can you share why Workflow is so important, especially for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs. A, the time that you save if you have a solid client management system. But my focus really is on the client experience. I want things to be automated, but I want it to feel like you. I want it to look like you. Um, I want them to feel like they're interacting, but still allowing you to free up the time again to get you back to what you love to do. 
so that you're not, because at, at the end of the day, I'm just going to use photography as an example, because it's where I started, you know, you're sending the same emails 30,000 times. So if that can be automated, that's 30,000 times that you don't have to touch a button. You don't have to talk to anybody. So I think the most important thing is to just save you time, but also give you the freedom to interact with clients in the way in which you want to. And I really think that your client experience and will get you return clients. It'll get you word of mouth clients. Like it's going to help you grow your business if you treat them well. So figuring out how to make your back end business talk like you, that interaction, you know, one of the big things that I, I push is yes, people are going to have open invoices, right? So instead of just being like, Hey, your invoices do like, that doesn't feel good. Like I want you to say like, Hey, you're as a wedding photographer, six weeks out from your wedding, have you thought about these things? Here's five tips that I could give you on like how to spend the morning of your wedding or, you know, whatever it might be. And then, oh, by the way, your invoice is due next week. So so you're giving them this value piece and you're showing them that you care about them. And then you're saying like, hey, you also need to pay this money. (laughs) So you're just allowing them to see kind of behind the curtain, but you're also getting what you need out of it. So that's, I, I really approach it in this marriage of client experience and back-end business operations. I've been on the other end of Cassie's client experience and it always feels like I'm getting a warm hug when I get an email from her. <laughs> I tend to like over de- like over deliver is a weird way to say it, but I'm going to try to answer questions before you ever ask them. I'm going to try to get more information than I actually need, especially in the virtual assistant world. The whole point is you don't have to do it. So I also don't want to be emailing you nonstop every day, even at the intake level, because if you're coming to me at that point, you're ready to outsource. So think about your client, think about your, you know, your avatar, whatever you want to call it. And you know, their pain points because you can solve them. So how can you solve them and make them feel like nurtured and great at the same time? So I did see both of your gorgeous families on your socials. And I'm curious as moms and entrepreneurs, what do you hope to model for your kids being in those roles? So for me, I have two little girls, seven and three, and we're a military family. So my husband's gone a lot. So I really just try to show up for my family in a way that's strong, independent, can do anything that they want, tenacious. Those are just things that I want them to see in doing things that you love to do and creating your own path. It's really important to me because of the life that we live and moving around so much, it can be like super discouraging to leave friends, to leave a job that you love, whatever it might be. So just really making sure that you're paving your own path for your own joy. I really want my girls to just know that that's, that's what I want for them. When my husband and I even talk about like, creating their college fund and, you know, what we want to do in that regard. A lot of the conversation is around like funds that make it available for them to do trade schools if they want, or for them to be able to go to, you know, a unique opportunity to have, still have access to that funding. Because I don't think that I, I did the traditional college route. So did my husband, but I don't think that that's the only answer. And I want them to have access to other opportunities and to be able to explore a craft that they might really enjoy and things like that. So I I just want them to know that they have the freedom to build the life that they love and not the build and not build the life that everybody thinks that they should have. 
Yeah, I think most of my answer would probably echo Cassie's. Another quote from one of our favorites, Elise Myers, is that we were somehow born with the how hard could it be gene. And I would love for my daughter and my sons, but especially my daughter, to to mirror that in me. And I, I love the I was a very traditional school background as well, went to public school, graduated four years of college, and then two years of master's degree to become a teacher. So education is clearly very important to me, but I also feel like there's something to say for getting out there and getting like real world education outside of a classroom. And that's coming a lot from somebody that, you know, wanted their career to be a classroom. So just getting out there and and doing life, like not being scared to sit or having to feel like they have to sit behind a book or a screen in order to learn, 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 and not be paralyzed by the analysis that I think a lot, a lot of people in our generation are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. And like just giving ourselves permission to go after whatever we want, whatever that looks like, and not feeling like we need permission from others, a certification, like, oh, I have to have four years, a four-year degree to do what I want, just like what the next right step feels like it could be. Absolutely. I remember a very quick story. When I was in high school, I wanted not to go to a four-year school and to put into perspective, like I was like studious class, like nerd. I was that person. And then suddenly I was like, I'm not going to a four-year school. I'm going to go be an au pair in Europe. And my parents were like, absolutely not. And, you know, I understand they're concerned now as a parent, right? Sending my 18 year old daughter off to another continent. But at the same time, it's like, I really do wish that I was able to like, have the confidence in myself to stand up and be like, no, this is this is life experience that I feel like I need. And that's not to say that a four year school isn't going to happen. But I, you know, I, I hope to instill the the confidence and the drive in my kids to be able to to pursue whatever they want to pursue. Yeah, when my sister graduated, my sister graduated valedictorian. She's brilliant beyond measure. And when she graduated with her bachelor's degree, she was like, I'm moving to Spain for a year. And we were like, what? And she moved to Spain for a year, was, you know, did her thing, like lived her life and then came back and now like went to law school and is an attorney. So I would like if my oldest or my young, it'll be my youngest probably that wants to do something crazy, but whenever, whenever she comes to me, I think it'll be like, it, it'll be celebrated. Like I, I want them to, to experience things outside of like traditional mm-hmm. stuff. And I think it's hard as parents to like put aside your ego to let your kids go after what feels less traditional to you and what feels like what they should do and just kind of like if they scrape their knee, they scrape their knee and it's hard. It's like, but okay, that's a lesson learned, something to pull from experience to gather from. So let's get into the lightning round question. So the first lightning round question is, what is a must read book? Profit first. Profit first. If you are a business owner and you haven't read Profit First, you need to go Amazon it right now. I don't even have an answer because I just take all of Allie's recommendations. So anything that I would say about a book recommendation would have come from her. So, <laughs> Okay, then I get two then. So <laughs> this, the second one is Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. I haven't heard that one. Oh my God, I love how excited you just got. You just got so excited about this question. I saw your recommendation. That's how excited I got. <laughs> I love it. What does creativity mean to you? I think creativity means thinking outside the box, like solving the problem that exists 
And I also think it just means like fun. And there's a lot of like ease and joyfulness wrapped up in creativity for me. So I would describe it as that as well. My first word that came to my mind was freedom, which is funny because that's what Cassie ended on. Just being free to be creative, like pushing myself outside of, you know, my normal boundaries that I like to set very staunchly. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love joy. I love freedom. I love all those sentiments. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think for me, it was, it was advice, but it was also just perspective. I was part of a cohort in California when we lived there and the one of the original founders came and spoke to the group and he really was encouraging to us and saying like the business in front of you right now is not going to be the business in front of you in a few years and give yourself the freedom to grow within the path that you're on. So I really took that to heart and it really, to see somebody who was, you know, wildly successful in creating this organization and then having their own endeavors was just really cool to see somebody in front of me being like, no, like it's okay if this looks different later. Mine would be if you need a solution, put your phone down. So often we just go straight to like Google to figure out what like a solution to a problem when really usually you have a better solution inside your own mind and your own brain, but you have to clear the distractions before you can find what that solution is. Mm -hmm. That's great. What is the coolest shit you've done in the last year or are currently working on? Okay. So for the escape conference, which is a conference that Cassie and I are putting on together for creative small business owners, I was in charge of sourcing the speakers and I have been so nervous because all I want to do is give everyone the best experience possible. And so we kind of set our bar high and we shoot the shot quite often while planning this conference. And I just basically slid into the DMs of who is now our keynote speaker. And I was like, there's no chance, no shot she's going to respond. She responded directly to me and was so excited to pour into our community, our conference. And even this, though this is our first year and we don't have quite proof of concept yet, she just fell in love with the idea. And that was amazing to kind of give you guys who that keynote speaker might be. Her name is Cheval. She did previously go by a different name. She's was very big in the wedding industry. You can absolutely look her up, but she is a beautiful, beautiful story of how you can pivot in the most dire, darkest of circumstances. So if that's something that appeals to you, we would love to have you at the escape conference. Coolest shit I've done recently. There's a lot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there is a lot. I was like, gosh, I'm jealous of Cassie's last year. I don't know. I can't no. compare to her. It's been a really crazy year, honestly. So I endured a really treacherous deployment with my husband. And then we moved cross country. We've done all of these things. For me, like the coolest part of it all is just surviving it, quite frankly. It's been a really hard year. So to be able to to look back and be like, no, we did it. Like we put in the hard work, like for our family, we put in the hard work for our businesses and for our careers and we're still standing. Like that's, that's some pretty cool shit yeah. for me right now. <laughs> I love that. And um, in my community, on my calls for our mastermind groups on Friday, we always talk about a celebration. And I always like to say like, sometimes your celebration is I survived. Like I'm here and I showed up and like, that was what I had to give this week. And that's what... I want to like uplift because sometimes we have those times and those moments and those like the messy middle is can get really messy. 
Then that was kind of our inspiration behind the escape conference was that there are so many educational resources out there for small business owners that are just getting started in years like one to three or figuring it out phase. And then there are plenty of resources for those that are like hitting seven figures and have huge, like expensive masterminds. But what about the middle? Like that's where most of us are. So how do we, how do we help people that are in the middle to push past if they want to push past? Yeah. And our whole tagline of the conference is escape the blank. And we want the attendees to fill in the blank. Like, are you escaping the grind? Are you escaping the suck? Like, are you escaping the to-do list? Like, what are you escaping? And we're going to make sure that we have everything in place to to support you through that escape while also giving you very tangible stepping stones to put into your business um, and very like interactive experiences with speakers and experts in their field. So yeah, we're all escaping something and we want to be able to support the middle. So that's, yeah, that's, why that's perfect. And I'm going to put all of the information for the conference in the show notes. Your website is like incredible. And I told you that when when we were first connecting, you both did such a great job. There is so much information there. So if people do want to learn more about the conference, I would definitely suggest going there. But can you give us like, you met someone on the elevator and you want to tell them about the conference and more like if they should, you know, learn more, can you give us that quick little synopsis of what it's about? So the conference is for creative entrepreneurs that are service or product based in their growth phase. We want female entrepreneurs to come hang out with us from April 15th to the 18th in Louisville, Kentucky. And it's an all-inclusive conference. So after you buy your ticket, the only thing you have to do is find your way there and we cover everything else. We cover meals, your accommodations, the conference itself. We have some cocktails some fun social experiences. That's great. And it really, when I was looking into it, it like really covers like the education, the inspiration, the connection, the networking, like all things that encompass being an entrepreneur. And it just felt like, I think Allie, you said when you get an email from Cassie, it feels like you're getting a hug. It feels like it would be a big hug, that whole like experience, there would be a big hug around what is entrepreneurship because it's lonely, it's hard, it's a roller coaster. So just cut out the fluff of it all, right? Like we can go and we've both attended conferences separately and it was like, okay, how are we going to get out of this like echo chamber where everybody wants everybody to like, let's paint our nails and like talk about how hard it is and like go on a walk. Like we didn't like, tell me how to do my taxes and plan for retirement but like also like feed me a margarita. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were very much so like we want this every aspect of this conference to be different. And one of my favorite things about the conference is that the speakers are actually staying in the same place as the attendees. So you have access to them outside of just their one hour that they'll be on stage speaking, which I think is invaluable when you can, you're in a small group of 20, there's only going to be 20 attendees. So it's like a borderline, like feels like a retreat, but much more like boots to the pavement kind of thing. And we're just really excited to be able to have that access to them in so many different capacities. Yeah. That's so exciting. Thank you so much, Allie and Cassie. This was a really, really great conversation. I think it's going to be an incredible conference. So I appreciate you both coming on and sharing more about your pivots, how to work through pivots and what the escape conference looks like. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. And remember, big dreams and small steps can transform your life. Three, two, one.